All right, everybody, welcome to episode 158 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I'm with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how you doing, man? I am doing well. Glad to be here. Glad glad to be here, too, man. We, uh, we both were able to enjoy our Thanksgivings. Uh, friends, family, and big wins for both our teams. Huge comeback by the Bills there. Um, I thought I thought they were Mm-mm. they were done for. And Josh Allen looked at the clock and said, "Hi, you guys gave me just enough time to win this thing." And <laughs> he went out there and he did. I mean, you would have thought teams would have would have learned after last year, you know. Maybe we we like you know take a couple knees in that situation and, and wait for it to get down to like uh, four seconds so we can kick it and uh, call it a day. But uh, man, I I thought uh, as soon as we missed that extra point, I I knew that was going to yeah. come back and get us. And man, I was not. A, I was at a, a friend's house, and thank goodness that was the early game. Otherwise, I'd have been miserable if we had lost that. <laughs> Got that out of the way so I could be I could be social for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah, it would it would have been rough. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I was eating Thanksgiving dinner during the first half of that Dallas game, and let's just say the the food didn't taste as good. Uh, dessert tasted a lot better in the second mm-hmm. half, but uh, the, yeah, the the main event, the main meal there. Uh, did not. But we talked about the good that happened to us. Why don't we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly mm. of week 12? So, Drew, do you want to start us off? You want me to start us off? How do you want to do this? I think I went first last week, so why don't you uh, do the honors this week? All right. I got a guy, Drew. That's not Actually, that's not true. We had a guy. We talked about this guy. We told you, don't be surprised if this dude goes off for 303. Drew's nodding his head. He knows who, who, who was I'm that. Talk- he knows vaguely familiar. About. We're talking about the franchise quarterback of the New York Jets, Mike White. 22 for 28. 315 yards and three touchdowns. A 149.3 quarterback rating. It's like all of Zach Wilson's ratings for the year added up. Yes, pretty much. Uh, (laughs) Pretty much. And it's funny. So so let's take a, a, a New York Jets journey through the 2022 season. Mm. Zach Wilson gets hurt in the preseason. Not ready. Wasn't ready to start the season. They bring out Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco puts a lot of points on the board, throws the ball a ton. Can't win. Then we get Zach Wilson back. Zach Wilson, along with good defense and a good run game, can win, but he can't put a lot of points on the board. And then last week, we get the best of both mm. worlds coming together. Mm. 
we get a lot of points on the board, and we get a win. Then I get it. People are going to say, but it's the Bears. All right, let, let's remember something here. The Bears have kind of started putting it together on offense. Yes, Justin Fields didn't play, so obviously that's a big blow there. But Mike White did what we told you he was going to do. I don't know if we were ever if we have ever been more accurate on a player projection, even if just for one week, than we were with Mike White. And listen, if you started him in a super flex because you had injuries or you had buys or you had whatever, you're you're feeling good about it. And listen. The, the schedule gets a little rough. Minnesota. At Minnesota, at Buffalo. So two away games against two, two, two of the uh, teams with the best record in the league. But guess what? We've seen Minnesota get points put on them, have we not? A couple weeks we ago, Dallas put 40 on them. We did. Buffalo has not looked as good on defense with all of their injuries as they did the first month of the season. So am I saying Mike White is going to be a top five quarterback for those two weeks? Absolutely not. Not what I'm saying here. But listen, you're in a pinch. You're in a bind. You You got a lot worse options than Mike White. And by the way, Welcome to the 2022 season, Elijah Moore. We <laughs> missed you. You were late to the party. You were real late to the party. We almost started cleaning up, but we're glad you came. We're glad we got to see you in the end zone. And th- this is what the New York Jets hope Zach Wilson would be. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you heard the post-game comments from uh, Jets head coach Robert Sala. He said, Mike White makes the easy things look easy. And you hear that and you go, well, that's kind of a dumb comment. But think about all the screens you watch from Zach Wilson where he overthrows a guy on a screen, which is supposed to be like the easiest throw in football. And he's overthrowing guys. He's throwing it at their feet. Mike White played within the offense. He's hitting the screens. He's hitting guys down the field when he needs to. And, I mean, is there a scenario, even even if he stinks against Minnesota and Buffalo, is there a scenario where Zach Wilson comes back Barring barring injury, obviously, but like I don't think Mike White can play so bad that they go. I think we got to bring Zach back out there. I mean, yeah, I I think the first scenario that comes to mind, probably the only scenario that comes to mind for me, if I'm sitting in the head coach's seat, is you know maybe Mike White is bad for the next four or five weeks, so maybe I bring Zach Wilson back for week seventeen and eighteen, see if he's learned his lesson. Has he put it together? Is he ready to to try to show that he can compete for that spot? Or will he just still be terrible and solidify my choice to go after a quarterback in the draft? So so here's the thing. 
I did break down the the next two weeks, which is a little bit of a murderer's row. But since you stretched it out to four weeks, here's who they play after Minnesota and Buffalo. Home against Detroit, home against Jacksonville. I mean, if he just plays average in those games, I don't see a way that Mike White, or excuse me, that Zach Wilson comes back. I don't, I mean, I don't. It, it seems like Robert Saul was really disappointed in the way Zach Wilson handled that. And, I mean, barring just, it would have to be massively, ma- he would have to play so much worse than Zach Wilson did for Zach Wilson to get back out there that, I mean, I think not only are you looking at the rest of season starter, but, I mean, they could win, like, three of their next six and be in the playoffs. <laughs> and then you got Mike White, playoff starting quarterback. I mean. Mm. So, and if he does what Taylor Heineke did, which was just leave it all on the field in just, the playoffs. Just an up. Just an upset of the Buffalo Bills in the first round. <laughs> hmm. uh, I had to do it, Drew. Okay. But Drew, hit me. What what was your good for week twelve? Man, I was tempted to go with uh one of the guys tied to Mike White this week and see uh Garrett Wilson, who man. What an athlete. Uh, the run and catch for the touchdown absolutely froze the DB, made his move, and, and took it to the house. Um, but you want to talk about impacting your team for the win. Nothing bigger than uh, an 86-yard walk-off mm. touchdown run by Josh Jacobs in overtime. Mm. Another guy that we talked about a little bit over the summer leading up, and uh, I, I wish I had been more aggressive in sending offers out for him. And uh, it's, it's a, if you did, good on you. Um, if you trade him away earlier this season, we get it. But uh, what what a performance by Josh Jacobs. Uh, saw a great tweet out there, you know, a couple of folks mentioning, you know, he's definitely making it a questionable decision at the very best to not pick up that fifth-year option at this point with his productivity. So uh, I hope the guy gets paid uh, after this year. I hope he gets whether it's uh, here with the Raiders and they pay up to keep him, or somebody else decides to pay that man for the next few years, uh, all heart there. That was, uh, especially considering his story coming into the NFL, that was pretty impressive to watch for 200 and over 200 and what was it 200, almost 300 all purpose yards, 203 all purpose yards. 203. Uh, unreal, unreal performance. And, you know, I want to give credit where credit's due. We did it with Mike White. I want to give you credit. Uh, During the offseason, you talked about Josh Jacobs. You talked about a guy, hey, this is a guy you might want to get on the team. You might want to make offers. I've always been a little bit more hesitant about Josh Jacobs, and Josh Jacobs shattered that. Somebody's going to pay him a lot of money, a lot of money. And he's earned every penny of it yep. this year. Um, he is the reason 
probably why they have at least two of their wins. Um, I'd have to go back through the rest of the game logs, but yeah. Um, but I mean, this is a team that's bad. Yes, Josh Jacobs has something to play for because obviously he's showing off not only for his own team, but for the other 31 teams in the league. And I mean, think about think about the teams that are going to be looking for a running back to kind of put them over the top. And money's going to money's going to be uh, a concern. But let's face it, we see teams magically alter the cap all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine Josh Jacobs on? your Buffalo Bills on the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I mean, let, let's like, <laughs> let, let's talk, and people are going to go, but the salary cap. And I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's amazing how, you know, I mean, Allen Robinson got like $15 million a year mm-hmm. last year from the Rams and the Rams had like 32 cents in salary cap, but somehow they were able to pay him $15 million. Now, not saying that worked out for the Rams, but they found a way to make the money work. Um, you know, imagine uh Josh Jacobs getting a tan in Miami with that with nope. the way that team is played. Nope. Don't like that. You know, oh yeah, I know you I know you don't like it, but I mean there there's I mean I think there's gonna be quite a few teams that are gonna look to make Josh Jacobs their guy after the season uh he's putting on this year. So I, I love uh love that pick and I want to give you your credit for kind of uh, singing his praises during the offseason and appreciate that watching him flourish now. So, we talked a lot of good in the first 15 minutes. Got, got to get into the bad though, and this bad hit me hard. This guy is on my SFB playoff team, and luckily, he did not cost me. A spot in the next round. I made it, even even with congratulations, this guy. Thank you. Uh, even with this guy not getting it done, I'm talking about Alvin Kamara, mm. New Orleans Saints running back. You you brought up a running back for your good, so I'm going to counter you with a running back for my bad. Seven attempts for 13 yards. That's not good. But you go, but but. But Josh, he catches the ball. Six receptions for 37 yards. Mm. So if you play in a PPR league, yeah, you, you got your six points from receptions. And that was really where you did the bulk of your damage was those six points in receptions. I mean, you just barely got into double digits in a PPR. Like, think about that from Alvin Kamara. Um, New Orleans, that just that the whole team was bad. I actually let me not say that the New Orleans defense was good, the New Orleans offense, everybody on that offense was bad. Um, listen, Tampa Bay is coming to town, and Tampa Bay hasn't been the Tampa Bay of old. Hopefully, it's a get right game for Alvin Kamara. Um, and then they have the dreaded week 14 bye. 
<laughs> um, which I wouldn't be shocked if over the next like five years, these uh, these late buys start getting abolished when the fantasy community really starts making <laughs> a stink about them. They only started what a year or two ago, right? Yeah, I've heard two two seasons ago or so. Yeah, when when we started getting these really late buys, and I think that you know the fantasy community, which makes the league a lot of money, they're gonna say, hey, 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 you keep it to like week thirteen, please. You know, we start playoffs in a lot of leagues in week fourteen, and we don't want to deal with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the good thing is is that the the last three weeks it's a pretty good playoff schedule uh home against atlanta at cleveland and then week 17 at philadelphia that's not good but those other two are so um hopefully alan kamara he, he has a little bit of a get right game against tampa you get a buy and then you get two really nice games uh when you get into playoff uh mode there all right drew hit us up who was who is your bad for week 12? I see uh, Bill in here in the chat uh, claiming his with uh, Damian Pierce, which has been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, hard to argue with that. Uh, I was looking at uh, a couple of guys on a couple of teams that have really been struggling. Um, I just can't get away from this graphic of the, the Ravens and how many games have they led in the fourth quarter or in the second half this year and still – Still lost, and uh, just what a what a letdown from what they thought they could be. I know they got some injuries going on. You know, we we thought maybe J.K. Dobbins would be back and relieve some of the pressure there. But uh, I know a lot of folks leaning on Mark Andrews this week, which for him a down week, right? Fifty yards, he got he got bailed out with a couple of freebie points from a two point conversion. But compared to what you're taking him as probably the tight end one this year. Uh, especially if it's a, a season-long league, uh, a bit of a letdown there. But just Ravens in general, I, I'm not sure what's what's going on there. I haven't watched enough of their games to see where they're falling apart in the last you know, eight to twelve minutes or so. It seems like was it four or five times they've had a not just like a two or three point lead, but some of these times, some of these games a double digit lead going into the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter and, and losing it. So uh, they need to get right there and uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks if they can right the ship and make a, a playoff push. Yeah. Um, Ravens are a weird team this year because we, we always look at their defense, right? We always go, man, this is a good defensive team. They're going to run the ball. And then Lamar can kind of eat you up either, uh, whether it's throwing it uh, in the air or doing it on the ground. And this year that defense has just kind of been like, like it's been gross, especially at the end of games. I mean, we saw that massive Miami comeback earlier in the season where two or three, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter or something like, I mean, it was ridiculous. It's unreal. You know, we, we've seen, you know, we see them kind of fall apart against Jacksonville this past week. It's just, it's really weird. They're, they're having to rely more on their offense. And the problem is that a lot of their guys on their offense 
are hurt. You know, J.K. Yep. Dobbins has been in and out this whole season. Gus uh, Edwards has been in and out most of this season. So you're relying on, you know, Caleb Drake or Caleb, excuse me, Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, Mark Andrews missed the game. Uh, Rashad Bateman has been out for most of the season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so unfortunately, this is not a good year to have to rely more on your offense because your defense is not picking up the slack. Um, I don't know if you saw the end of the the Ravens uh, Jaguars game, but I mean, they just let Trevor Lawrence just mm-hmm. move it down the field. There was no resistance whatsoever. I mean, they were letting guys get out of bounds. They were they were letting guys just like it was it was crazy. And I think the ease at which Trevor Lawrence moved the ball gave Doug Peterson the confidence to go for two at the end of it to win it. I think he was like, listen, if we lose, we lose. But I, I just saw Trevor Lawrence just carve this team up in I think there was like a minute 20 or something left. And why am I not going to go to him after I just saw literally set a defense on fire? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think if it was a struggle and maybe, you know, a DB slipped and a guy got open and Trevor Lawrence hit him and they, they scored a touchdown that way, maybe Doug Peterson's not as confident going for two. But I mean, it was, you hear the term a lot. It's a little cliched, but I, I think it does work well in this situation. Surgical. He was surgical on that last drive. And, um, you know, shout out to, you know, shout out to Zay Jones too, because he was <laughs> he was a man, uh, especially on that last drive. But yeah, I, I love that one, man. Um, that that is a a great one. Um, I here's here's a funny thing as we're talking about the the Ravens right now. Um, Josh Oliver, huh? <laughs> it seems it seems like whenever uh, Mark Andrews doesn't have a good game, they have a tight end in the wings that is ready to never the same up. one score a bunch of points. It was Isaiah likely the week that uh the week that Mark Andrews missed. And then this week Mark Andrews was there and it was still uh still Josh Oliver. So I just want want to give him a shout out too because he uh he took all of Mark Andrews points. All right. I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit you guys with an ugly here. It was a guy that we you know really started liking a lot, and that is Donovan mm. Peoples Jones. Um he he had been like a nice little player that you could sneak into a flex spot, especially if you're you're hitting multiple flexes, you know two or three flex spots. All right. This will be a good one. Mm -hmm. And in the uh, Jacoby Brissett going away party, he ends up with two receptions for 16 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see what happens when Deshaun Watson gets out there. Luckily, if you're going to come back after not playing football for almost two years, your first game is against the Houston Texans. Um, that's always a nice uh, welcome back to the league. <laughs> um, but yeah, Donovan's people Jones, man. It was just, it was ugly for him. I know a lot of people that started him in flex spots because they had been starting him in flex spots and had been uh, had been doing all right with that. I mean, last week he went uh, five for 61 and a touchdown. The week before that, he went five for 99. The week before that, he went four for 81. So, like, he, he's been putting up good, flex-worthy numbers. Not, you know, I'm listen, I'm not here saying he was a top 10 wide receiver and he killed you. But Drew, you and I, we play in a lot of leagues with multiple flexes and, you know, yep. DPJ is perfect for that role. And if you, if you had him in that role last week, it didn't end up well for you. So Drew, who is your ugly for week 12? I feel like more more weeks than not when I watch this guy play, I, I start to feel embarrassed for him at moments, um, especially when the broadcast starts with uh, talking about where he went in the first round in his draft 14 years ago, MVP. They have to slide in, almost won a Super Bowl, and now to see uh, Matt Ryan – with uh, the Colts this past week. Not a terrible stat line, but uh, if you watch the game, he just did not demand any respect beyond five yards out. Um, so Pittsburgh was able to uh, really smother their receivers. And again, you look at the number of times that he has been uh, compromising possession with 10 interceptions. He's fumbled four times. He had one of each this game. It's, uh, it's just hard to watch at times. You watch Jonathan Taylor running, you know, fighting for extra yards. Um, you know, special teams comes in, gets a gets a great second half kickoff, which kind of you thought maybe that'll spark some things. But when they started deep in their territory with the final possession, you knew it was time time to turn the TV off. He was not going to be marching down the field 90, 90 yards in two minutes like he used to with Julio Jones early days with Roddy White. Um, just couldn't get the ball beyond five yards with any, any velocity. Um, so yeah, just an ugly, ugly night. You know, he's had some up and down games, a couple that he's come through big, but uh, I think week in and week out, you know, we draft him in when one of our leagues is our QB three, thinking he'd be a spot starter for, you know, bye weeks and stuff. You know, maybe with the Colts, he'd be in a better position here. And it's just been tough to watch him um, when, especially when you see some of the other, Guys, I mean, we're seeing it with Rodgers getting hurt and you know, some of his play declining. You know, we watched, we've been spoiled by Brady for the last seven years, predicting the the fall off. And maybe, maybe we're there this year. Maybe we're maybe we're getting to that. But uh so much different when you're watching it happen to a 38-year-old guy who's been an MVP when you got Brady out here at 45. That's still you still have that fear in your heart, I think, when Brady has the ball with two minutes and a couple timeouts, even if it's 90 yards to go. Um, so, yeah, just just tough to watch Matt Ryan uh, on Monday night. And 
that's that's a great ugly. And uh, let me pile on to your ugly a little bit more. Somehow, and I'm not sure. I I think it can start this week. Maybe it can start next week. But somehow the NFL didn't flex Dallas Indianapolis out of the Sunday night game. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I get it. Dallas is playing well. They're they're a couple games back, but they're still fighting for the NFC NFC East lead, a possible number one seed. They still got to jump with a couple teams. I get that, but they're only two games back. Anything can happen. But like, what's the what's the draw to have Indianapolis out there? John now I say Taylor. all this. I say all this, and Indianapolis <laughs> ends up winning this game, and you know it's you know everyone could laugh at me later. Yeah, okay. but j- just on paper, what does Indianapolis bring to the table that you go? We should get these guys on prime time. Like I I don't know, and I'm gonna look it up while I talk, but I don't know what the NFL schedule looks like for this coming week, like games that could possibly get moved. And I'm looking through it right now and I can maybe see why Um, (laughs) I'm looking because you can only flex um, one o'clock games to the Sunday night game. Okay. And actually, you know what? There, there are a couple ones that maybe if I had said this week one, you would have laughed. But like Jets Vikings. We just saw Mike White do his thing. We just saw we just saw the Vikings in a get right game on Thursday, that late Thanksgiving game. Uh they had a get right game. Uh what about Titans Eagles? Mm-hmm. Are you telling yep. me you don't you don't want to see Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. And guess what? On the other side, they got some dude named King Henry. Uh, I'm just saying, Derrick Henry, like there are some guys that you go, okay, I can watch this. I can get into this. Um, and here, here's another one, maybe a little bit more of an under the radar one, but Commanders Giants. They're they're both, I mean, Commanders, you said that week one, man. Right, that you would have rather have flexed Commanders Giants for Cowboys Colts. Yeah, tell me about it. But I mean, like I said, well, trust me, I'll say all this, and the the Colts will win by two touchdowns or something like that. But you, you made great reference to a couple of other older quarterbacks, Tom Brady, and. Um, Aaron Rodgers, and have they been prime? No, not at all. But we saw Tom Brady eat a loss last week against the Browns, which was crazy. But we saw a flash of old Tom Brady in Germany against Seattle. Mm-hmm. We saw a flash of old Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay versus Dallas. Like we've seen. They've at least flashed. Matt Ryan has not flashed. Not not even a little bit. Maybe a play here or a play there, but to say he's flashed for an entire game? 
he hasn't done it. And it's going to be fun to see what quarterback they shouldn't trade for that they trade for in 2023. Because they've done it two years in a row so far. They got themselves Carson Wentz. And the <laughs> and the, probably the best part is that they probably thought they were leaving that that flaming bag of dog poop on the uh, on the commander's uh, front steps. And the commanders used the fire extinguisher, put that out, swept it off the front steps, and is now sitting on the bench. And all all those additional draft picks that they probably oh this these are going to be high draft picks. Taylor Heineke is just just moving moving those picks further and further down the board. Yep. So. Um, yeah, it'll be fun to see who they try to trade for next year if uh, if they still have the same general manager in place, which will be interesting. They already fired the head coach. Usually the uh, the GM is next to go. But that is the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, Drew, I got a tra- I got a trade offer today, actually. Um. And actually, while I'm bringing this trade up, I want to do a public service announcement to all the people that are in leagues with me. Stop trying to trade. Stop trying to get me to trade you, Garrett Wilson. It ain't happening. I told you all, everyone, that that dude was the best wide receiver in the draft. I told all of you, you can look it up. I said maybe Jamison Williams if he was healthy, but I told you, and I drafted. I, I I'm not gonna lie, I might have like 98% exposure. <laughs> and I'm I'm never the type of dude that has that much exposure on a guy, but I loved him. And so stop. Like, unless you're gonna give me the farm, you ain't getting them. I've been getting these deals. Hey, uh, let me trade you like uh, three bad players for Garrett Wilson, and I'm like, no. Even when even when Zach Wilson was just holding him down, I was like, Garrett Wilson is my dude. Like, stop. But I I got this deal. Now this is a 14 team super flex league. I currently I want to just look up. So I'm currently an eighth in this league. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think my team is overperforming. Um, but the second place team in this league has made me an offer. So I would send one Jamal Williams. And I would get back one Cooper Rush. And a 2023 second round pick. So this is probably going to be late. Like I said, this team is currently second in the league. I don't know how to feel about this trade. Obviously, Cooper Rush doesn't mean much to me. I don't have Dak Prescott in this league. So it's not even like I'm quote unquote handcuffing a quarterback. But is a late second. Oh, probably a really late second 
worth me giving up Jamal Williams. I, I just feel like he's worth more right now. He probably is. He didn't uh, have the, he didn't have the best week against Buffalo. I mean, he did have the touchdown. Yeah, but wasn't his his finest hour. Uh, but what's your team looking like next year? You got guys coming off injury. You got good draft picks. Uh, so right now, I'm kind of like I don't have any additional draft picks. Uh, I'm so I'm kind of like middle of the road. Um, I have J.K. Dobbins and Javante on the IR right now. Okay, so you might get one of them back next year. <laughs> Hopefully, Javante uh, doesn't take as long as Dobbins does, or does or doesn't have the setbacks. Yeah. So, but. I feel like he's worth a little bit more. Um, I mean, if he switched out Cooper Rush for a third to go with that second. Yeah, because to me, Cooper Rush is like, it is, is worthless, you know. And, and not that, I mean, listen, Cowboys fan here. I was very happy. Uh, he's, he is the reason why we are talking about playoffs instead of talking about a top 10 pick. But, you know, again, I'm waiting. For, I'm, I have to wait for another injury for him to have any value. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I would be okay, I think, in that taking a, a second and a third. And I think you, you plan to use – I mean, a second, it could very well. It, I think there's just as much chance of it being a top 25 pick as it is being, you know, that means, you know, he, that team comes in 11th. You know, maybe they make it to the semis, losing the semis, something like that. So there's still, you know, with this draft class, a, a second is, is going to be, I think, a, a good piece to have, especially as the hype builds in. Uh, January, February, March, April. Um, so right. I, I think you could take that and you know leverage that into a, a better pick or another player that maybe somebody next year is undervaluing because they want the shiny new. And then third is a throw-in to, to get a deal done somewhere. Um, so I I would be okay with that because again if you don't if you're not telling me that you're uh, you're going to be a strong contender next year and then Jamal Williams could be good depth. I, I'm fine moving on from running back sooner than later, typically. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't like it as it is. I feel like you should be able to do better. And, you know, if you start doing what we recommend for everybody else, which is go through the standings and start clicking on teams, starting from first to fifth, see who needs a little depth or who has an iffy running back, you know, somebody have a, you know, a Najee Harris, somebody have, somebody just lose. Uh, you know, Travis Etienne for an unforeseen amount of time or something. And I think he got some more leverage there. Um, and it, if they offer, there's a reason they're offering. So, yeah, I, I would totally be fine going back and countering with something a little bit more. Um, and that some of that just comes down to what they have or who they have. All right. So I got a question for you here. This team actually has two seconds. Now, I'm not going to get crazy and ask for two seconds. The other second that they have is currently top four. Okay. 
do I do I just switch it out? Don't even ask for the third and just go give me the higher second. Yep. Yeah, I, I like I like that idea more. See, I'm glad we talked this out. I'm gonna do that right now as we speak. We'll see what happens. Um, this person, I'm not I'm not gonna name names. Um, not that I'm saying anything uh, bad about him or her, but very intelligent when it comes to dynasty so we'll see what happens but all right we just we just did it we just sent the counter for the higher second we'll see what happens if uh if i get anything during the uh yeah honestly there's part the of me that would have said maybe you just uh maybe even just drop mike white off of there or not mike white uh cooper rush off of there and just do yeah i did Okay. I, I just asked for that second. Yeah. Just, yeah, I see. We, I don't need. That's why we work well together. I don't need Cooper Rush. Um, I got, I got me some T Law on that team. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, here's a good one from Super Squash Thirty Three. I'm looking to trade for a wide receiver. I want to trade Dalvin or Monty. Who should I trade for? This is a this is a great question. Um, I feel like depending on who, which one you actually trade, um, will there will be different ranges mm-hmm. of wide receivers. Uh, do you agree with me or disagree with me on that? Yeah, I, I'd love a little bit more context here if we're looking at a, a redraft or season-long league um, versus Dynasty as well. I don't All know that there's a so, huge difference there, but... Um, yeah, I would say there's there's probably uh, a tier drop or lift depending on which one you go with. So let let's start with Dalvin, since I think he would fetch more. Do you agree with me on that? I would think so. All right. So who? Who are some wide receivers that you would have in mind if you were going to trade Dalvin? And let, let's just say that this is a um, a dynasty league. Okay. Until Super Squash gets back to us. Okay. Is there kind of a uh... – oh, here you go. He just he just sent another one. Ooh, okay. Which could um should I trade Dalvin Cook and Christian Watson for CD and Thielen? Mm. I wouldn't. CD is tempting. Uh, I think if you're trying to make a push for this year. How do you give up Dalvin Cook and the one guy that Aaron Rodgers seems to like right now? Um, I love CD, but my problem is Thielen. Yeah, like what? Like what is? If you change Thielen out for Jamal Williams, oh, let's talk. Oh, let's go. Let me get some Jamal in my life. I might be trading him away, so let me get some more back to me. 
Uh, yeah, Thielen is just too much of a drop off. Yeah, for me to really um, to want to have him on my team. I mean, he's probably gonna have a game or two. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he had a game last week, so I get it. But like, he's been like, I'm I'm just looking at like some of the point totals, and it's like, okay, like. He kind of started, he had like a good week three and week four, but then like week five was garbage. Week six was fine. Week eight was fine. Week nine, not so great. Week 10, not so great. Week 11, not so great. <laughs> and then it comes back in week 12. And listen, he, he's got the Jets next week. We can say all we want about the Jets. They got a they got a good defense. They have like a playoff worthy defense. Yeah, Detroit. Um, okay, he might get some. Indianapolis. He might get some. How about Monty and Watson for Kirk? So, I think Monty for Kirk is fair for me. Yeah, and I'm assuming here we're talking about Christian Kirk since we've been talking about wide receivers. Um, yeah, I do the money for Kirk thing. Um, keep Watson. Can you give us super squashes here responding? Can you give us just a little bit of like either scoring settings or league settings here, or are there unique starting requirements? Because uh, again, depending on some of these players you're talking about, I, I would think that in a lot of leagues you could just use. Dalvin and Monty together, or are you short wide receivers for is it like a start three wide receiver league or something? You don't have a third that you like. PPR two wide receiver, one flex. Um, so you've got who are your other wide receivers outside of Christian Watson, I guess. And I actually wanna wanna bring something up here too while we uh while we see a super Squash will yeah. get back to us. Watson is a starter, two running backs. Okay. So Amari Cooper and DJ Moore, Christian Watson. Yeah, I I think I am looking for a clear upgrade at the wide receiver, which DJ Moore, I, I'd move him now after it looks like he got a – Sam Darnold got him a touchdown, so he got to his uh, annual fourth touchdown threshold. So – I would be looking at, you know, Monty and DJ Moore to get up to, man, if I'm looking at uh, a list, like maybe it's a boom bust guy, like, uh, gosh, I even have a hard time saying this, like maybe a Gabe Davis who could at least maybe get you a game or two that would blow up. Um, I get a lot of, for who? Uh, for like a, a Monty, and a DJ Monty. Moore or Monty. Yeah, I can see Monty for, for Gabe Davis, depending on if this is, and I maybe I missed it, if this is redraft or dynasty. Yeah, I didn't um, see that in here. Is this season long or is this a dynasty league? Where... And see, it's funny because he has Amari Cooper as one of his wide receivers, which was a wide receiver if this was a, uh, if yeah. this is a redraft league. I, that was one of the guys I was going to mention. Um, season long. Okay, that helps. Okay, that helps. Um, 
So yeah, uh, you're, you're looking to make a pretty big step up on productivity for the rest of the season. Um, you know, right now Watson is hot. I want to keep him. I want him as a flex. Um, I like Amari Cooper. And if, if I can make Amari Cooper, my wide receiver too, and Christian Watson is my flex, I'm thrilled in this format. And if I get to start Delvin, I don't know who else you have at running back, but if you're willing to move Delvin and or Monty, I'm assuming that you're pretty good at the RB1 position. Uh, so would you do Amon Ra and Christian Watson? Oh, you have Amon Ra? Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's different. <laughs> I saw that pop up. Um, yeah, so um, I, I think Super Squash, you got to get into like a, a top 12 tier. If you can take DJ Moore and um, – like in Montgomery and turn them, especially in a PPR league. Now I know DJ Moore can catch a lot of passes, but you take the the non PPR running back in Monty and add him to DJ Moore and see if you can get yourself up to, you know, gosh. So you want, you want the top 12. I got the top 12 here in PPR. Go for it. T Higgins. I would do that in a heartbeat. I don't know if you can get it done. That's what I'm saying. Do you think you can get it done? I would do it in a heartbeat too, but I saw T Higgins at 12 and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, and that's 12. Okay. Let's, let's, let's move up down. one. Yep. Amon Ra. I would go to Amon Ra. Do you think it can get done though? Uh, I think you could. I think you could. That's I think so- there's enough question marks around the lions, Jared Goff, et cetera. Um, so I, I would certainly try. Here's one I was thinking, Monty, straight up. And let me know what you think. Devonta Smith. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like that. I like that for the upside. I love that having a piece of that. That and offense. My, and my thing, my thing is that offense is clicking, and he's a he's a guy that does well in the number two spot. But if any, if anything ever happens to AJ Brown, he gets nicked up. I mean, I think we saw kind of last year. And that was before kind of the uh, the Jalen Hurts glow up that mm-hmm. he can be just fine throwing the ball to Devonta Smith. So um, that's a guy, if you're not looking to package, if you're looking just to kind of do a one-for-one, um, Monty for Devonta Smith is somebody that, you yeah. know, probably Devonta Smith is a wide receiver three, wide receiver four on that team most likely. So... Yeah, I think this is, uh, and maybe you have to move up to Dalvin. Maybe you have to send Dalvin and uh, either Amari Cooper or DJ Moore to get to a difference maker wide receiver. Yeah. Um, because again, it looks like not a lot of starters, so you want to be top heavy. So bundle that two for one or three for one for another team that maybe isn't quite as sharp in that space, and see if you can land, you know, a top twelve or fifteen wide receiver like like a T Higgins and get to Amon Ra. You get a couple of those guys in there. I would make that move. Um especially if you're pushing for uh, the playoffs here. You know, consolidate your talent. You got to feel great about everybody that you're starting over the next few weeks and then you can, you know, fill the bench with some some backups just in case something tragic happens. So, hopefully that helps Super Squash. Uh let us know. Let us know on Twitter what what ends up happening if you get something done. For sure. Uh, and on Twitter, at Fantasy Timeline, uh, just as a repeat, I'm at Real Fantasy TL. Drew is at DR underscore PRA. Yeah, let us know. That, that'll be fun. Uh, this next one here from Steve Dennis, our boy. Now mm. I'm curious where everyone is at. 
prefer Christian Kirk over Christian Watson. The Battle of the Christians. Mm. Uh, rest of the season. There was a lot of uh, there's a lot of questions behind the question, right? Like, <laughs> who is um, who's who's the quarterback for the Packers, right? I mean, it looks like it's going to be Jordan Love this week. How long does that last? Because I'm not going to lie. I have been someone who has uh, has not said good things about um, Jordan Love in the past, but he looked good at the end of that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, had one touchdown. We'll see what happens when he is the starter. Um, we'll see how the other wide receivers acclimate to him. But, you know, that's the first question is, it's Jordan Love for a week and how much longer? We don't know. Um, listen, I feel like Zay Jones has po- kind of been glowing up too. He's he's kind of been doing his thing. Trevor Lawrence likes him. And it doesn't mean he doesn't like Christian Kirk, but uh-huh. I, I feel like Zay Jones has, has been getting a little bit more involved. So, I mean, assuming that Aaron Rodgers only misses a week, I'd probably go Christian Watson because they seem to have found their connection finally. Uh-huh. Um, but if it's Jordan Love for the rest of the season because uh, Aaron Rodgers is hurt and they're not going to make the playoffs, I mean, I think they technically have like a 3% chance of making the playoffs. But that's probably not going to happen. So um, in that case, I would go with Christian Kirk. Uh, what do you think, Drew? Oh man, this is uh, this is interesting. I think uh, it's a safe play versus an upside play. I don't know that Christian Kirk is going to have um, you know, maybe the ceiling that Christian Watson does, especially like you said, if if Aaron Rodgers is back in a game or two. Um, so depending on which which part of your roster you're trying to fill out here, what you have for other players, if you're looking for like that boom bust, and that's Watson. If you're looking for somebody who should have a pretty solid floor and be uh, heavily involved. And I mean, we did, we were just talking about how, uh, how well Trevor Lawrence moved in that last drive. And again, you know, speaking of credit where it's due, uh, the difference in coaches this year in the production and how comfortable Trevor Lawrence looks. And then even for the team, right, you have his teammates now echoing some of that sentiment and really kind of revealing what the, the difference is. So I, I would probably, for me, uh, for the rest of the season, I I probably take Kirk over Watson right now. I like uh, the safety net there. I think you know you have another you have other areas that you could be boom bust in. So uh, I probably give the slight edge to Christian Kirk. Um, but like you said, if we find out that Rodgers is only missing one week, I do have questions about how how hard he's going to play the rest of the season, especially once they get eliminated. So I, I think there's just some more consistency there at Kirk, which uh, I'll I'll take the risk there. I think, and just because we were, we were talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence, just, just a update on one of the bets we got going on. Total points, Trevor Lawrence ahead of Tua. Now I will say, because you know, as much as I love tooting my own horn. 
points per game, two was up by about two and a half points. Mm. But, I mean, I think it should be a little bit more considering Tyreek Hill is there and, you know, <laughs> Jalen Waddle's there. And it's a lot of season left, Josh. A lot of season left. Is there, though? Is there, though? We're in the, we're in the home stretch, my man. We're in the home stretch. Hey, and if uh, if Miami runs away with this division, they're going to be sitting, guys. They're going to be sitting, Nobody's guys. Nobody's running away with the AFC East, Josh. <laughs> Uh, here you go. This is a good one from Antonio Lopez. Would you do Amon Ra and Christian Watson for Justin Jefferson? Yes. 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 That, that I don't care if this is redraft or dynasty keeper or some league I've never heard of. Um, yeah. Justin Jefferson is that dude. He had the one bad week against Dallas and then we saw what happened. So, um, do that. Uh, this is from Actison. I hope I said that right. Hey, guys, redraft. Half point PPR. Should I start Watson or Devo? Not a must win, but one win away from securing a first round buy. That's a must uh, listen, win. Before we, before we go to that, this is a must win because those first round buys are important, man. That's one less game to get you into the money. So, yeah, let, they, it's a must win. Um, he could start Devo or Watson in the flex, but his usual is Jamal Williams. That's my usual too, man. That's my usual too. Um, I'll be honest. I, I would, I would put Debo and, and Watson together and sit Jamal Williams. Oh no, I'm, I'm going Debo and Jamal Williams and sitting Christian Watson. Do you, you have uh, I that. guess for this for this week, perhaps, yeah. Right. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say you have that yeah. much belief in Jordan Love. You're a good man. You're a better man than me. But I don't have that level of of faith in Jordan Love. Now I hope he does well. I really do want him to do well because he's been put in one of the most unenviable positions in the NFL. The Packers take you in the first round. I mean, it's not his fault. He he didn't get to pick where he went. It was chosen for him, and then everyone's just like, "Well, you're not Aaron Rodgers," and he's like, "Well, obviously, like I played at Utah State, like I was kind of a developmental guy, and now I'm supposed to be as good as, you know, what one of the ten or fifteen best quarterbacks of all time, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a big ask. It'll but. be interesting to see." I I, I don't think that the gap between or the risk between Watson and Jamal Williams is that big. So I this is probably one that I would tinker with up until kickoff and, and probably pick the wrong one personally. But um, but yeah, I, I would say go with your gut on that. If Jamal Williams has been your guy, ride with that. If, especially, I, I forget what their matchup looks like this week. If it's a, at all a plus matchup, then you have to go there. Um, yeah, so Packers, you- Bears. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye on things. You've got you've got three good options, which is nice. So just don't don't overthink it. Get to a place, whatever your method is each week. Uh, I usually get to a place Saturday night where I've done my tinkering, I've done my research. So unless it's truly like a game time decision on Sunday, my commitment myself is to to set it and let it go. So, <laughs> do we get Bill's burner account here or something, or what are we working with? Uh, yeah, it, I get that, and we you know. Josh and I have talked about it. we love Jamal, whether it's from the 
the hard knocks clips and just watching the guy play his heart out and I mean, just a, a gener- generally good human being. So I, I get that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, some good options either way. And just stay close to the news through the weekend. Good luck to you this week. Hopefully you secure that buy and you don't have to sweat it out for another week or two. And Acton does say Packers are playing the Bummy Bears, but San Francisco is playing Miami. That that could turn into a shootout real quick. I mean, we've seen we've seen the Miami Dolphins offense put points on the board. And to be honest, the uh I mean last week wasn't so great, but hey. They were able to put points on the board against uh, Arizona, so they they got it in them. Yeah, I don't think so, San Francisco is shutting Miami out this week. No, no. I mean, I like their not defense. with Tua at the helm. You mean with Tyreek Hill doing his thing? Uh, <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be a show though. Like, I, I mean, I would love to see Debo and Tyreek go, you know, haymaker for haymaker, big play for big play. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, man. I mean, that that's probably – that's a 4 o'clock game. So let's see what yeah. else is on, four, on at 4 o'clock. Uh, the, the only other game at 4 that could pull you away is Chiefs-Bengals. Uh, Jamar Chase is coming back. So obviously a lot of eyes are going to be on that. But 49ers-Dolphins should be pretty fun too. So – Chargers Raiders for divisional could be interesting. Those are always fun. Stop, stop. Nobody wants to watch the Raiders. They want to watch Josh Jacobs, but they don't want to watch the Raiders. We've seen that. You saw that catch this week? I'm I'm curious, and I'm assuming they have to because of money, but – like, what reason is there for for Josh McDaniels to be the coach of that team next year? Like, what has he proven to, to get a second year as the head coach of that team? I mean, they, they got maybe the, you know, arguably the best receiver in football. Yep. And... They're like a joke of a team. This is a team that that made the playoffs last year. And I'll keep saying this to the cows come home. They almost beat the AFC representative in the Super Bowl in the first round. They were one bad Derek Carr pass away from winning that game. And then they get Devontae Adams. Let's go. This team is going to be in the playoffs. We thought the AFC West was going to be what the AFC and NFC East mm-hmm. are actually doing. And, I mean, all they changed was head coach. I mean, sure, there, there are some other players in and out, but, like, the big move was the head coach move and getting Devontae Adams. And they're... They're laughable. Like they are laughable. So went on the side tan- tangent <laughs> there, but uh, you know I had to. Um, 
Drew, did you did you make any good trades or get any good trades this uh, this week? I, I didn't get uh, a whole lot done. I I have. Let me see where this went. I thought I had an offer in here. And I've been I've been in a couple leagues looking at, at what can I get done still. Um, let's see. I know we're in a, a super a super flex army two with Bill. Yes, uh, yes, we are. I'm also in uh, the regular super army super flex army with him, which is a twelve team PPR uh, tight end premium here, and currently. The team that uh, I am working with is uh, there's two divisions, so uh, we are five and seven. We were we were runners up last year to Bill, mm. and kept most of our roster intact. In fact, traded up and figured out how to get Brees Hall on our team this year. A um, couple of other uh, young guys as well, and we we just have not been able to put it together. We had Hopkins sitting for the first few weeks, and then. Um, just had some tough matchups. So we're, we're sitting at in our division, actually the second highest scoring team out of our six teams with the most points against. So just some, mm. some poor luck uh, overall, the one, two, three, like top five scoring teams. Honestly, I have to look and see, we might have a shot at the playoffs depending on how build put these rules together. So maybe I need to think this through. <laughs> Um, but right now in our inbox, we've got a, a trade here from a team that is the second in our division, playoff team, an eight and four team. And they are looking to send us Justin Fields, DJ Chark, and uh, Tennessee's one of their backup tight ends that I cannot pronounce their name, unfortunately, uh, for our Joe Burrow. So uh, Jalen Hurts is our other quarterback in addition to Geno Smith this year. So uh, I co-manage this team, and I, I actually haven't had a chance to talk with my, my co-manager, but uh, I think if – I think it's close for me. I, I like Joe Burrow a lot. We also have T. Higgins for what it's worth, just a little context. We have a nice stack there. Um, but as far as, I don't think we have any of the Philly receivers. Um, we do not, uh, outside of Quez Watkins, uh, <laughs> uh my man, Quez, Quez is a, is a man. Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the bears. That's right. Cause we're looking at fields. So we don't have any of the bears receivers. We don't have Cole Komet, um, or Mooney or anybody like that. So, I don't know. Um, where where do you have – let's just look at the quarterback. So how far apart is Justin Fields and Joe Burrow for you? Personally, or do you want me to look up the points? And- Personally. Where do you have them loosely ranked right now based on, you know, where Justin Fields has kind of come on lately? And, I mean, we kind of know what we're getting from, from Burrow. I mean, honestly – Like, I think it's close. I mean, look at what Justin Fields is doing with nothing. Like, Darnell Mooney is fine, but I listened to a great podcast 
the draft dudes and it's just based on the draft. They do NFL stuff and everything. And it's not really fantasy. They, they do a fantasy thing here and there, but it's mostly about the real game of football. And they did an exercise where they said, okay, Darnell Mooney, he would be wide receiver. What? And they went to a bunch of different teams and except for like two teams, He's like, at best, the wide receiver, too. At best. And then we're talking about what, Cole Komet. I think Cole Komet is good. Chase Claypool, yeah. I mean, he had a good game. Bless him. But, like, come on. Uh, Chase Claypool has always been more hype than actual substance if they if they can use i mean i think they're like i think they're like eight right now let me go on tankathon real quick and see i think if the the playoff started today they would be like pick eight let's see oh oh no they would be pick two excuse me <laughs> for my ignorance um so maybe not in the first round. Uh, it would be a little too high um, to go wide receiver there. But if they went, let's look, like let's look at. Oh, and they gave up their second round pick for Chase Claypool. Oh, you guys are killing me. Um, <laughs> they have a late second though because they made the trade with um, with Baltimore. And I'm looking at the wide receivers that are kind of in this range and no one that I'm like jumping up and down for. There's one guy, but he would need to fall a little bit that I would be like, oh, that's a good. But there's there's no one there that you look at right now and go, oh, man, if they get that guy, you know, they're set. Now, maybe since they're at the two pick, they trade down to a team that wants Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, whoever doesn't get taken number one, um, and can amass some picks and maybe, you know, make it to the middle of the round. Let's see who would want to move up for quarterback. Uh, looking, I'm looking. 14 team we spoke about earlier the indianapolis colts Mm -hmm. maybe they want to move up maybe they're tired of bsing with you know old quarterbacks quarterbacks that don't want to be on their team anymore blah 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 and and maybe you can move down there and you can get you know maybe a jordan addison maybe a jackson smith and jigba and then really give Fields something to play with. I, and I don't know what free agency looks like either when it comes to wide receivers. So, um, you know, but if they can get him one guy, just get him one guy. That is a real player. Hell, I, I mean, hell, I do, do what Jacksonville did, overpay somebody. I mean, I hate it. I mean, I made fun of it, but Christian Kirk has really helped. 
Trevor Lawrence out, like you got to do that for your guy. Like get him somebody so that Darnell Mooney can be a two and Chase Claypool can be a three. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I like Darnell Mooney as a two. All right, I like Chase Claypool as a three. Like you're not sitting here going, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are your starting two. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, sorry, I w- that went real long-winded with that because I just got into some stuff that I like doing. But um, that's why I think they're close because Joe Burrow is doing it with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. And Justin Fields is doing it with Darnell Mooney, uh, Cole Komet, uh, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. You know. Yeah. Joe Burrow has a slight advantage in that. In this league, they are about 50 points apart. Uh, Fields has scored 225, and uh, Burrow has scored about 272. Um, and I just looked it up based on the, the bylaws. Uh, this team is 14 points away from having the number six seed for the playoffs. Um, I think, so, I, would turn, I think I would turn the screws a little bit, to be honest. I mean, because honestly, this trade, this trade is fields for Burrow straight up. Yeah. DJ Chark, like him as a human being, but like, what, what is he in fantasy? He's a roster clogger. This guy, uh, Okonkwo, that guy could be on. That guy could be on another team next year. That guy could be yeah. a free agent next year. Let me I see. Mean, uh, let me read through some of the the other assets that this team has here. Yeah, I, I, I need something more than what are we talking about? A third and a fourth. If we if we convert Shark and Okonkwo into yeah. draft picks, maybe two yeah. fourths. Yeah. Um, so the only pick that this team has is their 23 first. So okay. I, I don't, that's that, probably that, too much, but okay. Yep. Um, they have another Detroit wide receiver right now in one Jamison Williams, who has not played a down of football all year. <laughs> that might be somebody I, I would try to, I, like I would, I would do that. I, I, I've, I, oh wow! I mean, this you this person has that. all the. They have Emin Ross A. Brown as well. Oh, that works out even better. So I think. Um, yeah. Do you think you think uh, value wise, mm-hmm. what's more value right now, Emin Ross or that fir- the late twenty three first? I think it all depends on on the person. For me yeah. personally, I think it's about even. Right. But there are people that love Amon Ross St. Brown, lo- have loved him, will always love him, will never give him up, never yep. let him down. So we're all, man, this, this heavy Detroit roster here. They've also got DeAndre Swift. <laughs> um, I don't think we're getting a running back from this team because they've, they've got Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift, and then you drop down to like David Montgomery, which would you do? Uh, I don't know that I would want Fields and Mon- and Montgomery. So this is this is what I always this is kind of how I look at it. Even if I think my team is underperforming, I treat my bad teams like rebuilds. 
Because my thing is, is like, all right, if next year I, I play to my potential, so let, let's say you have a top 16 and they're playing kind of like a bottom 14. Yep. Next year you expect that to kind of even out and you be closer to, to top six. But doesn't your team look a lot nicer with Fields and Jamison Williams and that upside as opposed to Fields and David Montgomery and whatever he still brings to the table? I think so. So I think that's the play. I think you go Justin Fields, give me Jamison Williams. It looks like he's not going to play again this week. Yep. You're, that guy's trying to win, right? It looks like he – well, yep. Yeah. he's trying to win, even though he may be like the sixth seed, but he's trying to win. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's – He's, he'll be uh, based on the the league settings right now. Uh, this team will be the number three seed overall. So they would. So what's funny is if we sneak into the sixth seed, we would play them week one. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, I I do think, and, and quite frankly, uh, you look at points per game. Our roster is currently outperforming his team by 12 points per game. So he's got some some sweet uh, sweet matchups that he's riding on. Yeah. yeah. So let him feel good. Let him be like, dude, look at me. Dude, I, I may not even make the playoffs. Here, man. Just give me Jamison Williams. If it makes you feel good, you can give me that other crap. I'll cut it yep. for you. But – all I need is Fields and JMO. Less like like uh, Russell Wilson would say, "Let's ride." Don't no, don't go there. Let's ride. Don't go. Don't go there. Listen, if you get that deal, you better say, "Let's ride." Nope, that's nope. a deal right there. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I, I this this other stuff. I mean, yeah. it's just roster cloggers. I I would sweep them away. Fields and JMO for Burrow. Yep. I th- I think all the options here, like I, I would honestly, I, I would take the 23 first if he assumes it's going to be late. Because honestly, I think it might be a late mid, depending on how, you know, based on how he's scoring mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. If that's the one, if that ends up being the 108, yeah. the 107, okay. Uh, if I get Amon Ra, he's only going to help me make the push and secure that playoff seed. And yeah, and if it's Jameson Williams, I think Jameson Williams is the best of both worlds, could be a contributor. Could be a great upside piece because yeah, I'm with you this past year. I I think I think Jamison Williams could be the best wide receiver in this class. Um, I I liked Garrett Wilson a lot though coming out uh, as well. So uh, I've got more Jamison Williams than I do uh, Garrett Wilson. Unfortunately, probably like twice as much uh, JMO based on where he fell in some of the drafts. I had some of those middling picks where Garrett Wilson was already gone by the 104, 105, some crazy leagues who's gone up to 102. Don't know who would have done that. But uh <laughs> but yeah, so we'll uh, I'll keep you updated, see where that goes. But uh that's probably the only the only major trade that I'm looking at here. I had a couple of other offers. I think we talked about them last week too. Like, you know, it, uh, those offers that I, I countered with last week all got uh rejected, which is fine. So I'll I'll hang on to Jamal Williams and Kareem Hunt in a couple of those leagues. And again, I, I love that you pointed out last week that 
Hunt and Williams are like within six months of age of each other. So uh, they're both teams that I think I could use either or both those guys next year. So, yeah. And I'm on the way out. Since we're, we're at a hour 20 here. I want, I want to give you your kudos. We are in, we co-own a team in the Junkies League. We do. And we had a debate. I want you to, I want you to go in the way back machine here. We had a debate, you and I. Okay. In the very first round, one of us wanted to take Russell Wilson. The other of us wanted to take Mark Andrews. Now, the person who wanted to take Sir Russell Wilson, Mr. Les Ride himself, <laughs> that was me. I said, hey, man, this is, this is a 14-team super flex league. The first, like, 10 picks for a quarterback. We were already... I said, dude, dude, if we don't get it now, when are we going to get it? You said, yeah, man, but this is, I believe it's two points PPR. It's for, pretty heavy. I think it was at, at least two points. For tight end. And you said, man, Mark Andrews is that dude. And I was like, I agree with you. But who's our quarterback going to be? And I said, listen, I'm going to defer to you, Drew. We'll take Mark Andrews. I don't feel good in my soul, but this is part of co-owning a team. Sometimes you gotta you gotta make compromises. You were a hundred percent right. I every one of my leagues, Russell Wilson is on trade bait. I'll give you a third <laughs> form. Sure. Oh I don't God. care. And then everyone's like, but he's Russell Wilson. And I'm like, yeah, that dude almost got punched out by a defensive lineman this week. Don't know if you saw that. that I would have been. Russell Wilson stood there all straight. Like, that was some restraint from that lineman. I would crap myself if that big dude had come yelling in my face. Out, and I'm a big guy, and I still would have been like, "I'm sorry, sir. I did not mean to offend you. Uh, please do not inflict violence on my body." Um. And then, you know, Russ spun it after the game and he was like, oh, he was just telling us that, you know, we got to, you know, we got to step up. And I agree with him, you know, I'm like, I bet you do. That dude did not say y'all need to step up. He says some stuff that you couldn't put on TV. Um, He he probably made disparaging remarks about your mother and your wife. um, Because that defense is like one of the best defenses in the league. They're giving up like 17 points a game. That's ridiculous. And they can't beat anybody. They can't. Like if that offense averaged 20 points a game, they would be like in playoff contention. Oh, they'd be nine and two. Like how crazy is that? Like 20 points a game. Since Dak came back in week seven, Dallas has averaged 33.8 points a game. And they're, they're number one in the league since that came back in, in points per game. And we're saying 30. Whoa. 
not 30, not 25. We're saying 20 points a game. I mean, and Russ can't Russ can't cook up 20 points a game. It's crazy. So we I got, just I want to We got one more here. I appreciate that. We got one more on the way out. Oh, let's get it. the night. Let's get it. So Blurpy is asking, should I trade Olave for Mike Evans? It's redraft PPR. Hmm. I spoke spoke bad about Olave last week. And I mean, he still went five for 62 in that game, though. He did. They got shut out and he still went five for 62. I, I guess my thing with Mike Evans is, is like, Mike Evans is always going to like give you like fine games, but he also has the ability to like really kind of sink you. Yep. Like he, he hasn't had 55 or more yards in a game since October 27th, a full calendar month. Yeah, he he has not had a touchdown since October second. That that's almost two months for the people yep. with calendars, or the people without calendars. I mean, in in eleven games that Chris Olave has played this year, how many single digit games do you think he has? I'm looking at I'm looking at his stats right now. So like, what is this more two? Week one, eight point one points in a typical PPR league, and then week ten at Pittsburgh seven. Yeah. So he is he has got in PPR right now. He is outscoring Mike Evans. His points per game is. Just a, a tad above. He's above 14 points, and Mike Evans is just a shade below 14 points per game. I understand that the, the quarterback situation in, in New Orleans is not ideal, but Andy Dalton is finding him, getting him the ball. Olave is doing the rest. So for me, this is a no. I, I would keep Olave, or I would shoot higher. I'd try to package something a little bit with him to try to get higher. Um Yeah, Evans, uh, I don't know. I feel like each week we're just waiting to hope that he has a uh, – that adds a little bit more context here. He's got Kamara as well. I'm sorry to hear that after this week. But, uh, yeah, I I think, Evans, you're just hoping for that touchdown to make sure that he's worth the start. Otherwise, like you said, he could score you at four points. He could go two for 20. Yeah, and, and here's here's what really worries me is – Mike Evans has 12 receptions in the last three weeks. Chris Godwin had 12 receptions last week Mm -hmm. and had 13 combined receptions the two weeks before that. I feel like Chris Godwin is finally right. Yep. I mean, he came back and played 
week one, and I, I think he rushed it back. He was hurt for a couple of weeks, and I think he's just been kind of working his way back in. And I think, I mean, yeah, like I think Brady looks for Evans in the red zone, and I get that connection. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, uh, did did Christian Wirfs get hurt seriously this past week, or is he going to be? Either way, I don't know that Brady is getting the time that he needs to make Evans, um, you know, to let Evans take advantage of his size. So I, I, I still lean. I would keep Chris Olave for the rest of the season, unless you can get, um, you know, trade up into the next tier. So you got Amon Ra, Hopkins, who's been performing. So there's part of me also says if, it, if it's working, it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I, I'd look at that running back situation if you can. If uh, if you're not a fan of Kamara, or you want to try to diversify some things. I know it'd be a tough week to trade trade Kamara, but um, yeah. yeah. Or maybe uh, you uh, sell sell high on D Hop on Hopkins, package him and Kamara. I don't know, but I'm keeping Olave. Uh, yeah, I'm keeping Olave too. I mean, Alvin Kamara has been a um, ooh. Of running back to Olave has been a, a wide receiver too. So uh, you know they've been they've been able to um, to coexist. They haven't really like cannibalized each other. And Ooh, uh, I mean, I backs. like. I mean, if you get Olave and Pacheco for Godwin, I like that. Yep. And just as a as a fun stat of the day, so to speak, Chris Godwin has not had in games that he's played. He was injured for a couple of weeks, so I want to put that little caveat in there. He has not had less than six receptions since week one. Mm. Yeah, get to Godwin. Yeah, like in in this part here, he says everybody in my league is underrating the hell out of Olave. Then that's on them. Here, here's the thing: if you can't start him, he it's better him on your bench than him on another team killing you in the playoffs. And that's how I I have no problem with having a bunch of really good players on my bench because I know they're not in anyone else's starting lineups going up against me. Yeah. And I think uh, the squad he's got here with Olave, Amon Ra, Hopkins, Delvin Cook, and Henry. Uh, I mean, that's a, such a solid core. So, yeah, if you can upgrade to, to Godwin – that's the one. Let all the all, let all the rest slide. Yep, exactly. And here's my thing: to put another maybe bow on the Chris Olave present. Here's his here's his upcoming schedule: Bucks, Falcons, Browns, Eagles. Besides the Eagles, are you really afraid of any of those defenses? I'm not. Not one. And San Francisco is a really good defense, and he still 
put up, what did I say, 62 yards? Five for yep. 62? That was Double against a, a really good defense. None of those defenses that I just mentioned past the Eagles are, are even in that hemisphere. And, the, you know, Blurpy says I can't start Olave. Uh, that's fine. I'd rather have him on my bench with and not have Mike Evans on my bench. Because, listen, you can't start him now. But, listen, guys can go down at any time. You know, we don't want them to. I mean, I'm not out here saying they will. But if all of a sudden D-Hop gets hurt, slide Chris Olave in. You know, I would rather be able to say, oh, man, D-Hop got hurt. This really sucks. But at least I got Chris Olave as opposed to saying D-Hop got hurt. Oh, now I got Mike Evans. Like, I don't have this. I don't have the same pep in my step making that move. So that that's kind of where I'm at. Now, obviously, Drew's 100% right. If you can get that Godwin deal done, let's go. Get that Godwin deal done. And then you're really, you're really cooking. But if no one is going to give you appropriate value for Olave, why does it? I would rather have the better player in that position since you're saying Olave or Mike Evans isn't going to start for you. All right, cool. Give me the better bench guy. And I think the better bench guy is Olave because it's like the real NFL. You have an injury. All right, who's the next man up? You're hoping that dude is good too. And he's not a scrub. <laughs> you yeah. know, because we've seen a lot of teams get beat up by injury because they got scrubs on their bench instead of guys that can go. So this is also uh, for this redraft league. If this is a group of people, of people you play with each year, this is a long play for me as well. Because if, if for me, my conviction is that Olave is the better receiver, and I think he will be the better receiver next year and you know beyond when Mike Evans is here. And this is one of those things where you get to point back to this year where you stuck to your guns here if you truly like Olave better. And next year when a trade comes up and maybe you have – a rookie or an underperformer, and you're starting to to talk about the value that's really there, you've got some more credibility for that. So if this is just like a rando league or whatever, then yeah, I mean do whatever do whatever you feel like. But if this is a group that you see year in and year out, or the majority of them will be back next year, this is one of those I get to I get to point back to this and keep a receipt. So I thought we were gonna be done. Oh my God. But Blurpy I got to get on a soapbox and I promise um, I'm going to meet myself myself for two minutes, limit myself to two minutes. So Blurpy says here, I traded Olave and Pacheco for Debo and it got vetoed because the guy with Debo is one in 11 and has nothing to play for LOL. And the LOL is a hundred percent correct. Listen, I hate, voting on trades because guess what? Oh, he's got nothing to play for. Why would you make this trade? You can make this trade tomorrow. Devo could get hurt in practice. 
and Olave ends up being the better player, and it's a bad deal for you. Like, I, I, I'm going to give you an example. This happened to me many, many, many years ago in a redraft league. I had Greg Olson, now, now commentator Greg Olson, and I was I was making my way towards the playoffs, and my brother was in a league with me, and he was not. He was a, a very bad team, and I traded um, Greg Olson and a receiver. I don't even remember who the receiver was. It wasn't like a great receiver, but I, I wasn't somebody who was terrible. For Rob Gronkowski, New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, just doing it. And everyone in the league got mad. They got pissed off. Oh, this is, uh, these guys are brothers and this is collusion and blah, blah, blah. So I make it to the playoffs. I, I don't think I won the league that year, but I could be wrong. This was a long time ago. But Greg Olson was a higher scoring player throughout the playoffs than Rob Gronkowski was. And I think it was like by like three points a game. Like everyone complained about it. And I even, I even at the end of the playoffs said, Hey, you guys still mad about that trade? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And I put the points per game during the playoffs in, in the, I think we had like a a group text going on because it was like a friends and family league. And everybody was quiet after that because even though they thought I ripped off my brother to get Rob Gronkowski, Greg Olson actually ended up being the better player. I would have been more successful if I had kept Greg Olson. But that's what trades are. You're trying to make your team better, but you can never guarantee anything. Blurpy, it's not an unfair trade. I hate that they're they're still voting in leagues like you're playing with adults in most cases like that you know what that team's got nothing to play for they already put their money into the hat so like their money is making up one twelfth of the pot whether they're one and eleven or eleven and one and you know, uh, I I hate vetoes. I'm sorry. I hate I, I hate vetoes. I hate voting on trades because everyone is voting for themselves. You know, well that trade. Oh man, that guy's in sixth place, but that trade could make him. You know, maybe win this whole thing. I'm voting against it. Yeah, you know? I, this is one of those keeper receipt moments. I I, I am wondering. Uh, so whenever you go back to whatever week that was, if that was two weeks ago, um, keep track of this. I, I would add up those scores for the rest of the season between Debo versus Olave and Pacheco. Yep. And I think there is a really good chance that the difference in those scores is total scores at the end of the year is within 5% of each other from, from the week that you offered that trade on. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know the whole makeup of the league. And obviously you've chosen this league for a reason. So I don't want to, um, 
you know, say anything out of, out of line here, but yeah, I, that is one of those things that is really tough. I I'm, I'm still in a league. I'm in a redraft league, my oldest league where that is still like commissioner has the opportunity to say no uh, to a trade. I've never seen him do it, which is why I'm still there. But uh, the moment I see that happen, that will be, that will be a tough thing to get past. So, but yeah, keep, keep throwing the trades out there, stay active. I mean, that's what makes this fun. Uh, I hope you get something better. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I, our, I think our, our advice is pretty aligned that you keep Chris Olave based on what we've seen from him uh, unless you get a meaningful upgrade to somebody like, like Chris Godwin that's going to give you an extra three, four, five points a game on average. And Blurpy, if I can make one more suggestion to you, what you do is after this podcast post, you put it in your league chat. You go, hey, I asked two experts in the game what they thought about this. And just let them listen. Let them hear what we got to say. They don't got to listen to the whole thing if they don't want to. You could tell them, when did we start this? About 20 minutes ago, maybe? Yeah, 10, 10 12 minutes, yeah. yeah. Get an hour and a half in. Yeah, tell them get an hour and a half in and just listen. We're experts. Drew wins leagues all the time. I'm in leagues with him, so I know he's a winner. Me, I, I do most of my damage in Scott Fishbowl every year. That's where my biggest claims to fame go. So, uh, you know, and if they don't know what Scott Fishbowl is, tell them to look it up. Biggest fantasy tournament in the world. Um, also a doctor. Throw that in there. Yeah. The DR isn't, isn't just for nothing. That's doctor <laughs> underscore. PRA. Um, so, yeah, but we hate it, but what are you going to do? Uh, like Drew said, you chose the re- league for a reason. Uh, my thing is, if it's like a random league, I won't be in it next year. Um, I think it's kind of silly that a trade like that, I mean, I've seen bad trades come through, and um, a trade like that is not one of them. So, on that note, Thank you, everybody in the chat. Uh, really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we have a little bit of news. We want to we want to throw this out here on our way out uh, for the people watching, people in the chat, and the people who are going to listen to us later on in podcast form. Uh, we are going to do this show uh, through the end of the season. Uh, probably have a wrap-up show after uh, the regular season ends. Uh, to talk about our bets and uh, maybe have some cool guests on and everything, have a good time. And then we're going to take a couple months off. Uh, Drew and I have been working on this show um, pretty hard for the last few years, and I think we both need a little bit of a break. So uh, we don't have an exact date on when we're going to come back or what the show is going to look like, but we're going to take a break. Uh, like we said earlier, follow us at Fantasy Timeline. You can also follow us at our handles, which are below at dr underscore pra and at Real Fantasy TL to uh, to see what's going on. Um, we'll keep you guys updated with all of that stuff. But yeah, we're gonna take we're gonna take a couple months off after the season's over and just kind of uh, rest, relax, uh, get ourselves in check and. Uh, We'll we'll be uh, we'll be posting our updates on Twitter. So thank you to everybody in the chat again. Uh, 
you guys made it so much fun. A lot of great questions. Got us thinking. We love doing it. Um, and, you know, remember, if you're not subscribed, subscribe to the uh, to the that network. Yep. So many great shows, not just us. The junkies are on here. <clears throat> Sometimes um, Russ and Rocky will put an episode of Trade Addicts on here. So you'll get, you know, hit subscribe, hit the bell so you know when everybody's going live. Um, and then leave a, leave a, a review. F hit that thumbs up too, please. Uh, all that stuff helps. We love it. And then for our podcast people, thank you very much. An hour and almost 45 minutes. You could be doing anything else, but you decided to chill with us. Just remember, if you got referred by a friend, Hopefully we get 11 new um, subscribes from uh, Blurpee's League because um, they, they need us to, uh, to, to guide them through the, uh, the tragedies of voting on trades. Uh, just kidding. All oh, you guys are awesome. Um, but hit subscribe. If you can rate and review on your podcast directory, we really appreciate that too. And Drew, on that note, we are out of here. Late. Mm -hmm.